Okay. So I started this podcast way back in 2010, and my very first episode was the John Williams episode, and that episode has gone on to become very popular. But since then, I have improved dramatically in my equipment and and the quality of how I do the podcast. So I've always wanted to go back and revisit that episode and make it better. And so that's what I'm doing. I've updated the quality of the music as well as my voice and uh, have improved some other things and added some songs as well. So here then is the new John Williams redo. In this episode, we'll be listening to the composer many consider to be the greatest of all time. That's right, it's John Williams, this time on Frame Tracks. Welcome to Frame Tracks. My name is Christopher Weed. We're going to be listening to some great composers on this podcast and some great music as well. And we begin with one of the, if not the, greatest composer of all time. I personally have been a fan of his since my brother gave me my first album back in 1977. That album was the original score to Star Wars. And it was on vinyl because... You know, that's what we had. I still own that very album to this day. You've heard his music if you've been to the movies in the last 50 years. From Home Alone to Harry Potter to Jurassic Park and Superman, he has composed literally hundreds of scores for some of the most enduring franchises of all time. John Towner Williams was born in New York in 1932, although he has a very strong relationship with his adopted home, the great city of Boston. John began his composing career in the television world of the 1950s. Many people are unaware that he composed the music for the pilot episode of the famous TV show Gilligan's Island. 
Other shows with his music include Land of the Giants, Time Tunnel, and Lost in Space. His first film credit came in 1958 with the B-movie titled Daddy-O. Williams was also a very well-known pianist, and he was hired to perform on several scores before he began scoring films himself. John grew to fame in the early 1970s by scoring films for film producer Irwin Allen, who produced many of the TV shows John had worked on. John scored The Poseidon Adventure, The Towering Inferno, both for Allen. His work with Allen caught the eye of a young, energetic director named Steven Spielberg, who approached Williams to write the score for his first feature film titled Sugarland Express. Their relationship would become the most prolific and famous in Hollywood and would spawn some of the greatest film music ever written. In 1976, Spielberg introduced Williams to another visionary, his friend George Lucas. Lucas was looking for someone to compose a bombastic adventure score for his sci-fi epic he was working on. Williams agreed, and history was made. I like to start out the podcast by playing the piece where I first heard the music of the featured composer. For John Williams, that was no doubt the opening crawl to one of the greatest films ever produced, 1977's Star Wars.
John would go on to compose the scores for all nine of the main Star Wars films, the Skywalker Saga, as they're being called now. It's a remarkable achievement that he was able to compose all the scores over an extended 45-year period. As I mentioned, the relationship between Spielberg and Williams was such a powerful one that John has scored almost all of Spielberg's films. There has only been a few that he skipped for various reasons. Ready Player One and Bridge of Spies are a couple. For this episode trivia question, let's take it back a few years. What was the first Spielberg feature film that John Williams didn't score? And no, the answer is not 1971's Duel. Yes, Spielberg directed that, and no, John did not do the score, but that wasn't a feature film. It was actually a television movie. We're looking for the first feature film of Spielberg's that Williams did not compose the score for. We'll have the answer to that later in the show. Spielberg started his feature film career with a moving film about a mother trying to reunite with her child who was taken away by child services. The movie, titled Sugarland Express, is fantastic and I highly recommend it, although there are few Spielberg movies I wouldn't recommend. It's wonderful to listen to this score and think about all the fantastic themes that these two will create during their remarkable careers. So, from the 1974 Spielberg film, here is Sugarland Express. Thank you. 
Spielberg and Williams would go on to create some of the greatest films of all time. Soon after Sugarland, they worked together to scare everyone the hell out of the water with the feature Jaws. However, not all of their work together became hits. In 1979, they worked together on a comedy with John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd. The production was a disaster and the resulting film was as well. The movie does have some great moments and some wonderful set pieces, but in the end, things just really fall apart. There are even storylines in this movie that are just left unfinished. It's just a jumbled mess once it's all over. Many consider it Spielberg's worst movie. However, it does show how Williams can still turn in a magnificent score, even if the images on screen don't support it. His work for the film was spectacular. Truly, some of his best work in his entire career. The film I do not recommend, but the score is a must-have, even for the casual Williams collector. From the 1979 Spielberg film, here is one of the greatest marches ever written. This is the march from 1941.
Now, John didn't only work on Spielberg projects. He had fruitful relationships with other directors as well. Over his illustrious career, he has worked with Richard Donner for Superman, Chris Columbus for Harry Potter and Home Alone. He also did several period films for the controversial director, Oliver Stone. Stone is well known for his intense depiction of the 1960s and 70s and the oppression and corruption that surfaced during that time. John composed scores for Born on the Fourth of July with Tom Cruise, Nixon with Anthony Hopkins, and our next score for a powerful movie that looks into the assassination of President John F. Kennedy. JFK was a bit of a departure for Williams, who focused on the dissonance and turbulence depicted in the film and turned in a very off and uncomfortable score. The entire listening experience will put you on edge and keep you looking over your shoulder. It's an emotional realm Williams doesn't usually explore, and he does so beautifully. From the 1991 Oliver Stone drama JFK, here is The Conspirators.
In 1951, Williams was drafted into the U.S. Air Force, where he played the piano, brass, and conducted and arranged music for the U.S. Air Force Band. He left the Air Force in 1955. In 1956, he married his wife, Barbara, who was an American actress and singer. They had three children before she passed away in 1974. One of his children, Joseph, went on to become the lead singer in the band Toto. Okay, I did not know that. John then remarried in 1980 to a photographer named Samantha Winslow. After the failure of 1941, Spielberg took a vacation in Hawaii with Lucas and the two hashed out details for yet another classic franchise. And thus, Indiana Jones was born. When it came time to make the movie, the two naturally turned to Williams, and Williams did not disappoint. He turned in one of his greatest scores for Indy's first outing, from the 1981 blockbuster smash Raiders of the Lost Ark, here is The Raiders March.
1992, Williams worked with yet another great director, Ron Howard, for the film Far and Away. The movie about the great Western land rush is actually a really well-made film. Excellent cinematography, decent acting from Cruz and his future wife, Nicole Kidman, and of course, a fantastic score by Williams. For me, the movie sadly falls apart in the very last scene, robbing the narrative from the rest of the movie. But overall, it's still a pretty great flick. Williams' score was once again inspirational. It's just magnificent. And nowhere does it shine more than during the climactic land race sequence in the third act. This piece is easily one of the best Williams has ever composed. From the 1992 Ron Howard feature, Far and Away, this is Land Race. Thank you. 
1991, Spielberg directed, for some reason, a live-action sequel of sorts to Disney's animated Peter Pan. The film, titled Hook, was met with mixed reviews. The movie featured outlandishly large sets, spectacular action, decent acting by the great Robin Williams, and naturally a spectacular score by the maestro. It had all the ingredients for a smash, but it just didn't click with the audience and critics really didn't go for it at all. I'll admit, I didn't dislike the film, but the score is by far the most memorable part of it. So, from the 1991 spectacle Hook, here is You're the Pan.
1993, Spielberg once again changed the world of filmmaking forever, for the umpteenth time. He directed what seemed to be a simple story about a mogul who wanted to open a theme park full of live dinosaurs. Things don't go as planned when the dinos begin to escape and cause havoc throughout the park. The film was a landmark achievement in storytelling, visual effects, production design, and music. In the film world, by this time, we had seen it all. But when the T-Rex stepped into the frame on that rainy night of the first tour, well, we hadn't seen anything like that before. The marriage between practical effects and CG mixed with an incredible sound design and score, it was, and still is, pure movie magic. So, from that groundbreaking feature, here is the theme to Jurassic Park.
By the 1980s, Maestro Williams was so prolific that he had seeped into every aspect of popular culture. He'd been parodied, awarded, mimicked, and criticized from all angles. So it wasn't surprising that he would spread his career beyond the film world. He became the conductor of the Boston Pops and was even commissioned to score several high-profile and historic events, including the unveiling of the refurbished Statue of Liberty in New York and, naturally, a few Olympic Games, the first of which was the 1984 Olympic Games in Los Angeles. His Olympic fanfare and theme has become the main theme for the Olympic Games, and NBC has used it in almost every Olympics since. It's a beautiful mix of patriotism, adventure, and grandeur, and it encapsulates the feeling of the Games magnificently. From the 1984 Olympics, here is Olympic fanfare and theme.
Once the great Spielberg had firmly established himself as a fantastic adventure and fantasy director, he decided to spread out creatively and tackle some serious dramatic works as well. The results, of course, were outstanding. He directed The Color Purple and Amistad that faced the plight of blacks in early America, Saving Private Ryan, Empire of the Sun, and Schindler's List that showed the brutality of World War II, and Lincoln and Bridge of Spies looked at politics and the tolls that system takes on us all. John Williams went along for the ride on most of his serious ventures, including Empire of the Sun, about a young British boy growing up in occupied Hong Kong who is taken prisoner by the Japanese and eventually comes to respect them. William's score is one of his best, in my opinion. It's a fantastic mix of beauty and brutality, as most of the story is told from a children's point of view. Here now, from Empire of the Sun, is Cadillac of the Skies.
In the new millennium, Williams would write for yet another super mega franchise, composing scores for the first three Harry Potter films about a young boy and his adventures at Hogwarts, the school of wizardry. Williams' themes were so popular, they would be used throughout the franchise, from the rest of the films, to games, to theme park rides. Williams proved, once again, he's a master of themes. There are so many fantastic themes in Harry Potter films, but none as spectacular as the theme that accompanies Harry and his newfound friend as they take an unexpected detour around the lake of Hogwarts. Here, then, from the third Harry Potter film is Buckbeak's Flight. Now to answer our trivia question for this episode. I asked, what was the first Spielberg film that Williams did not compose the score for? I get a lot of wrong answers for this one. Many say The Twilight Zone, but Spielberg did not direct the entire film, just one segment. There were four directors for that movie, and I was looking for a full-length directed feature. Some say Back to the Future, or even Poltergeist, but... Despite what most people believe, Spielberg did not direct those films officially. He only produced them. No, the answer was 1985's Best Picture nominated film, The Color Purple. That score was composed quite nicely by Quincy Jones. Jones, who was producing the film, began to take heat when Spielberg, a white man, was named director of a beloved African-American story. 
The studio decided to inject Jones into the production as much as possible, and since he had composing talents, they chose to give him that role. Quincy did an excellent job, but Williams would have done great as well. In 1997, Williams got his chance when Spielberg directed yet another African-American historical story about an 1839 slave ship and the court case that would help end slavery. Titled Amistad, here is the main theme to that fantastic film, Amistad.
I like to end the podcast by playing my favorite track from the featured composer, who, in this episode, is the great John Williams. It is rare a day passes without me listening to at least one track from the maestro. I own almost, if not all, of his works digitally or on CD, and I enjoy re-listening to his tracks any day of the week. So, I've had a lot of time to consider what my favorite track of his would be. You'd think it'd be a difficult choice with all he has to offer, but since I heard this track for the first time back in the summer of 1980, it has remained my favorite. No other single track encompasses all the love, beauty, action, and power of the music of John Williams. So, I leave you today with the closing credit suite to my favorite film of all time and my favorite score of all time, The Empire Strikes Back.
If you enjoyed listening to Frame Tracks, please log in and leave me a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Feel free to email me questions, requests, or comments to info at frametracks.com. That's F-R-A-M-E-T-R-A-X. And please support these great composers by purchasing their music. Until next time, this is Frame Tracks.